Thank you so much, Miss Linda. Thank you. Good morning, church. How are we doing this morning? Good, good. So glad to see you this morning. Those of you watching online, thank you for choosing to worship with us. If you're visiting with us, you're our honored guest this morning. There's a QR code on the screen behind me and on the pew in front of you. We want to get to know you a little bit better. So if you could scan that QR code and then place it uh, at the end of the service, if you'll come back to our welcome center, we have a gift for you. But we've come to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords this morning. Amen? Amen. We believe the battle belongs to God because we have victory in the name of Jesus. Amen, church? Amen. Let's sing this together. Here we go. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is a mountain, you see the mountain moved. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am saved with you. All right, let me hear you. Come on, let's sing it together. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees. With my hands lifted high, oh God, the battle belongs to you. In every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And if you are for me, who can be against me? For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. When all I see is a cross, God, you see the empty tomb. Are you thankful for an empty tomb this morning, church? Come on. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. Oh, 
victory in Jesus this morning, church, that the battle does belong to him. Well, this morning we're going to continue singing. We've heard an old, old story. Our Savior came from glory to save us. Amen. So let's sing this great hymn of the faith together. I've heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Right, let me hear you. Come on, let me hear you. Oh, victory. My Savior forever, He sought me and He bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him, and all my love is to Him. He plunged me.
few moments and greet somebody around you this morning. Oh 
the name of Jesus because of how great he is this morning church he fought our battles we have victory in him it's because of how great our God is this morning let's sing this great hymn of the faith together Yeah. 
Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise offering this morning. Amen, church. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. What a great day to be in the Lord's house. I'm so glad that you're here today. We have come to give him praise because he is a great God. I'm so grateful that the battle belongs to the Lord and the victory is in Jesus. We have come to bless his holy name and to exalt him above all other names. And every week there's an opportunity for you, if this is your first time worshiping with us or watching online, it's a time where you can come and pray. And certainly wherever you're worshiping today, you can pray. But I'm so thankful we are a church that believes in the power of prayer. And today, if you feel led by the Holy Spirit to come kneel or stand or you can pray from your seat, however the Spirit leads, I want to invite you to come join me as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? together Lord we have come to praise you and to worship you and to lift high the name of Jesus Christ there is no other name under heaven and earth whereby we must be saved in the name of Jesus and we know at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord so, Father, we come humbly before you, acknowledging how great you are, and, Father, how many times we are weak and we struggle. Father, I pray for folks gathered at this altar today and people praying from their seats and people praying God at home or, or wherever they might be worshiping today. May they, may we feel your Holy Spirit and that we would draw close to you. Father, I just pray in my own life that you would forgive me of any sin. Father, we know sin entangles us and trips us and, and robs us of our joy and our peace. Father, forgive us and cleanse us and purify us so we can see you. Father, we pray for folks grieving today that you would comfort them and give them your peace and love. Father, we pray for so many who are recovering from surgeries or facing surgeries or in the hospital or shut in at home. And God, we pray a special prayer for Judy Tabor today and ask, Lord, that you would anoint her with your healing, holy touch and bless Bill, God, and their family. And God, I know my brother in Christ Jim is here at the altar today on Judy's behalf praying. We're praying, God, for your healing and for a good report tomorrow. Father, we pray for so many others that are in need of a miracle. Father, maybe it's a miracle of healing physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, relationally. We all need a miracle of some kind. Or maybe, Father, someone's here and they've never placed their faith and trust in Jesus. And today, 
someone's going to give their heart and life fully surrendered to Jesus Christ. Lord, maybe there are Christians here that need to renew their faith and, and come back home to you. You never leave us, but we are guilty of leaving you. I pray, God, that the prodigal son, the prodigal daughter would come home today. Father, I just pray again for your Holy Spirit to be thick among us and deliver us from addiction and deliver us from depression and loneliness and deliver us from evil. Father, we pray for this important election coming up Tuesday that you would guide us, Father, that your perfect will would be done. And we pray for all of our leaders and we pray, Father, continue prayers for Israel. We pray for our country and for all the men and women, God, who serve to give us our freedom and protection. Father, I ask now that your Holy Spirit would just continue to move through the music, and through the message, and through your messenger. I just pray, God, that again, we would have open hearts, open minds, open ears, open lives to follow your lead. For we love you, and we pray all these things by faith in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 5? And as you're doing that, I'm grateful again for all of our beautiful music today. Thank you all for being here, for leading so beautifully. And they will be coming back to lead us after the reading of God's Word. These may be familiar words to some of you, maybe new to others, but we'll be reading, begin with verse 14, Matthew chapter 5. You are the light of the world. Town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
reading that powerful song, really our, our statement of faith and what we believe. And I'm so grateful that you're here, and I'm grateful that the Holy Spirit's here, and what a great day to be in the house of the Lord. I always like to share a little humor, and I shared at the early service that half of you will like this joke, and half of you will not. So I just wanted to give that disclaimer at the beginning, okay? Uh, but did you all know that men get to heaven 30 minutes before women do? Did you all know that? It's, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It says in Revelation chapter 8, verse 1, And the Lamb opened the seventh seal, and there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. And I also shared that that couple's in marriage counseling right now, too. So I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, I shared with you all maybe a couple of weeks ago, we lost uh, our two oldest members in our church. Um, Mary Lippert, who was 96, and Arvin Webster, who was also 96, but he was about eight days away from 97. And uh, these two folks were very special to me and to this church. They both were Christians, so I praise the Lord. I know where they are, and I know that they're receiving their eternal reward. But as I was praying for God's direction for the message for Arvin Webster, I didn't know what direction the Lord was leading me uh, for that particular message. And then I received a voice message from his daughter, Diane. His daughter, Diane, shared that on the Tuesday after her dad had passed away, she was having trouble sleeping. So she said often when she has trouble sleeping at night, she will get up and read the Bible. And this particular night, in the middle of the night, she opened up God's Word and it fell to the passage that I shared with you just a few moments ago. So Diane shared with me in that message, Todd, this passage is what I read in the night, and she said, that was my daddy. So my daddy was a light, and he was always radiating light and love. And so God gave me a peace that that was the direction I needed to go for that funeral message. And he also gave me a piece about using that passage for this message with you today. These verses come from a sermon known as Sermon on the Mount. I know some of you are familiar with the Sermon on the Mount. It's in chapters Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7. And this message on this mountain is not, uh, we're not sure where that location exactly was. Some have speculated that it was maybe on the sloping hills of the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee. And then some uh, have shared that, was this really just one sermon at that point? Some believe that maybe it was several sermons that Jesus had preached on different occasions that had been brought together. But regardless, it's a powerful, wonderful message. As a matter of fact, some have said that it's standards 
of morals and ethics are so high that it truly cannot be lived out, the moral and ethical standards. But we know that it was the standard that Jesus gave for his disciples and for you and me. It's been called the manifesto of the king, the, the, man, the magna carta of the kingdom. It's been called the, the ordination address to the twelve. But it's also for you and for me. Not only were the disciples there on that mountainside, but yet there was a multitude of people. And we are here today also to hear some beautiful words from this message. But it's possible that you're here and you find yourself in a dark place. It's possible you're here today and, and uh, you're dealing with some pain in your life might be physical, it might be emotional, it might be spiritual, but you're dealing with some pain. It's, it's possible that you're here and you're going through a dark season in a relationship. Maybe you're going through a dark time battling an addiction. It keeps rearing its ugly head. And every time you think you've overcome it, it pops its head back up and you're struggling with an addiction. Maybe you're here and you're going through a dark time because... You don't know what direction God is leading you. Maybe you're here and you're lost without Christ. You don't have direction for your life because you've never placed your faith and trust in the Lord. And so maybe today you need some light. And I love that Jesus shared these words that are as relevant today as they were when he shared them originally. And they are certainly applicable to whatever's going on in our lives. If you're in a dark place or things couldn't be greater or sweeter, they are for you and for me. For in these words, we are challenged, first of all, to light up the darkness. To light up the darkness. In verse 14 of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A city or a town on a hill to not be hidden. Now some have said this is maybe one of the greatest compliments that Jesus had ever given an individual Christian or you and me because he challenged us to obey his command and to become what he had claimed to be, the light of the world. And so he was challenging his hearers, and you and me to be the light of the world. You remember in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In John chapter 9, verse 5, Jesus said, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And we know in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. So, in other words, when Jesus said, you, we are the light of the world, we are to reflect Him. We are to reflect the light and love of Jesus Christ to a watching world. And I want to ask you today, are you reflecting the light of Christ? Does your own family know that you're a follower of Jesus? Do your co-workers know 
that you are a follower of Jesus Christ? Does your classmates know that you're a follower of Jesus? Do your teammates know that you are a follower of Jesus Christ? Do your neighbors know that you are a follower of Jesus Christ? There shouldn't be a doubt to our friends, our neighbors, our teammates, our classmates, uh, our co-workers. There shouldn't be a doubt when they see you and me that we are following the light of Jesus Christ. There shouldn't be a doubt. And I pray today that we would allow the light and love of Jesus to shine through us in a dark world. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, what darkness is he talking about? He's talking about evil in the world. He's talking about the devil. He's talking about the evil forces that we deal with on a daily basis. That's the darkness. And we are called to be lights in the darkness, to light up the darkness. Because there's a lot of people today who are walking in darkness. But I know that we see even in Exodus chapter 13, verse 21, when it said, and by day the Lord led them by a pillar of cloud uh, during the day to guide them on their way, and by night he led them by a pillar of fire to give them light. And so we too are to lead like that. But I pray if you're here today and you've been living and walking in darkness that you would allow the light of Christ to come into your life and that we would reflect his light and love to others. Maybe you remember a story about a pastor preaching in an inner city church. And as he was preaching on the light of the world, there was a little a poor girl that came in off the street, dirty, no money, no family. She came in and as she listened to the end of the pastor's message, she said to the pastor at the conclusion of the service, she said, sir, are you the light of the world? And he said, no, sweetheart, I'm just one of the lights. She said, would you come shine down in the alley where I live? It's so dark. There are so many people that are living in darkness, waiting for you, waiting for me to be one of the lights, to come shine down where they live, to give them hope, to give their lives purpose, to give them meaning, to know there's another way, a better way than the way that they are living. So we know that we are to light up the darkness. Secondly, we are to lead the way. We see in verse 15 of our scripture reading that it says that, that we are not to hide the light uh, or a lamp under a bowl, but instead we are to put it on its so it gives light to everyone in the house. Neither do we put a lamp under a bowl, but instead we put it on its stand so it gives light to everyone in the house. We are to lead like that pillar of fire. We are to lead the way. But you know, there's another force working, which is evil, and it is Satan, it is the devil. We read in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that the little G God of this age is blinding the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. And I've shared this verse with you recently, 
not only does the devil blind unbelievers, but I believe that he puts a veil and causes believers not to see the light of Jesus Christ in their lives. We get caught up again in the world and its ways, and we fail to see the light that Christ has given us. And one of the ways he shows us his light is through his word. David said in Psalm 119, 105, he said, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. And so we know that God's word is contrary to the devil's lies. His word is truth. The devil's words are lies. And so if we are to lead the way, that means set an example for our families, parents. Set an example, young people, for your friends and classmates. Set an example for your coworkers. We are to let the light shine through us by the way we talk, by the way we walk, by the way we live, by the things we do, by the things we don't do, by the way we treat people, by the way we act so many times, by the way we speak. We are to be the light and to lead the way. I shared this at the early service, and I hope y'all understand. I'm all about, uh, you know, giving out candy and kids having sweets. You know, we just last uh, Sunday had the the trunks of treasure uh, down in the cross center. It, it was a man, it was a huge turnout. I mean, it was. I think as far as uh, close account we could get, what was it? It was like between 900 and 1,000 kids and their parents came down there to get some candy. And pray, that was great. And then some probably got a double dose and went back out on Halloween and did some more trick-or-treating. And, and I, know, I know our daughter wanted to go over to my mom's neighborhood in Silver Lake, and a lot of people were over there trick-or-treating. But I couldn't help but think this, you all. And I know we gave out some literature about our church here, and we were trying to share a positive message and point them to Christ. But I thought these parents will line up and bring, you know, between 900 and 1,000 people stand in line to give their children some uh, dollar store candy, but they can't bring them to Sunday school and church on Sunday. And that just breaks my heart where we are leading our families today. We're showing them what's most important. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I've been testing all my daughter's candy to make sure it's safe to eat. But I'm telling you, I would much rather them not taste that candy bar, but they taste and see that the Lord is good. And I think we must lead the way in showing our families what should be, who should be most important in our lives, which is Jesus Christ. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying you can't go out and have fun like that because it was a blast the other night. But I thought, how many of these people will be at church with their children next Sunday? And I pray that we would lead the way by the way that we act and the way we treat others. But then lastly, we are called to live and love by sharing the light and bringing glory to God the Father. We are to live and love by sharing the light and bringing glory to the Father. 
In the same way it says in verse 16, in the same way uh, people are to let their light shine that your good works may be seen by others and that your Father in heaven may be glorified. In the same way that our light would be seen by others and our good deeds would be seen by others that God, our Father in heaven, would be glorified. Now, I've shared with you 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Did you know everything we do, we ought to do it for the glory of God? This is His world. We are all here for such a short time, and He's allowing us to be stewards of His his world, his land, his property. And so while we're here, everything we do, we need to do it for his glory and bring another, sharing that light and love with others. I want to share a couple of stories before we close today. And um, it spoke to my heart. I share with you, I did the funeral for Mary Lippert and Arvin Webster, our two oldest members recently. And let me share with you how both of them let their light shine. Mary Lippert was not able to get out like she once did, and she no longer could drive her car, and many times she would sit down here in front of her house on Shady Lane in her chair and wave at people when we'd go by, and, and she would uh, scold me sometime when I'd beep and wave, and then when I'd go to see her next, she'd I've seen you pass by several times. You know you could stop just for a minute. And I said, yes, ma'am, you're right. I, I know I'm on the go, but I do need to stop more. But Mary Lipper would call me to encourage me. She would send me cards. She would send me a book, whether it was a Mike Placato book or a Billy Graham book or a devotional through her daughter Janice. Or, or uh, she would, um, before she stopped driving, she would bring it by the office just to encourage me. She would call my mom call others to check on them. She was letting her light shine even when she wasn't able to get out and go. Is there something you can do to let your light shine to someone to encourage them? Arvin Webster. Arvin Webster for family, I think, said maybe over 20 years, there was a neighbor of his, Melanie Smith, that lived right across the tracks, across the street. Arvin lived up here on the hill, the White House on the hill. And uh, his neighbor, Melanie Smith, had rheumatoid arthritis. Family shared with me over 20 years, Arvin put her socks and shoes on every morning for over 20 years. And when she would fall on the floor and didn't have anyone to help her, he would go help her to get up numerous times all throughout the years, kicking her up. That was Arvin shining his light to his neighbor. He would drive his tractor down the road when there would be snow and he would scrape off neighbors' driveways and help people in the Duckers community. He was letting his light shine. I shared at the funeral about at Christmas, Arvin and his late wife Christine would always put a big star up on the house. And the family that night after the funeral went home and put the star up turned it on, sent a picture of it that the light is still on at the Webster house and letting the light shine. And, and I also shared this story, and forgive me if you've already heard it, but 
I'd share with you when we had outgrown this space, so grateful that we were able to build this beautiful church building after moving across the street. And we didn't know what we were going to do because we were running out of room again and we were in a landlock. The Websters owned the property around the church, around back. And, and so we were praying, God, what are we going to do? People had told me, Arvin Webster, he won't sell his land. He's going to leave it to his family. And so, you know, good luck with that. And I just prayed, Lord, I know you're in control and, and you've got a plan. You're not leading us to this point, just going to drop us. And so there was one day I'd maybe share with you it was therapy for me. I noticed some shrubs out here in the, the median that needed trimming. It was a beautiful day. I went home at lunch, changed, brought back my hedge trimmers, and I knew we had people that did that, but it was therapy for me. So I went out there, and I was just praying and, and, and petting the hedge. And, and so my wife probably said, how come you don't do that at home? But anyway, <laughs> I was trimming the hedge, and, and I was praying, and I said, Lord, I pray that your will would be done, but if you want us to, to, to buy more land, and I pray you would give me an opportunity to talk with Arvin Webster, that you would open a door of opportunity, and then at the right time, you get the idea I was trimming hedge. <laughs> the right time, Lord, you'll open a door. It doesn't always work like this, you all. This is truth. This isn't ministerially speaking. Five minutes after I said amen, Arvin drives up that hill on his tractor. Well, I'm like, there's Arvin. <laughs> Things get better, and this is when my heart really started pounding. He pulled into church parking lot. He pulled in that median and turned around coming up the other side. By this time, I am just I said, Arvin, you're not going to believe this. I said, did you know I was just now praying that God would give me an opportunity to speak to you? He goes, all right. I said, would you be willing, Arvin, to sell the church some more uh, land? Because we, we've outgrown our current building and we need the space for our children, for our youth, and and for choir, music, and the recreation space. He goes, I don't imagine I would. And then my heart just went from, yeah. And he said, but if the good Lord needed it, I imagine I would. Well, praise the Lord. Tommy Lippert, Bill Tabor, and I went a few days later up there. We purchased 26.2 more acres. And we're able to build the children's wing, the cloth center, the music suite, all that because God is always in control. Do you all believe that? God is always in control. Even sometimes we feel like things are out of control. Now I want to close with this. And this is a great story too. I'm so thankful that... Um, Last Thursday night, there was a concert here. And I think the, the estimate was between three and 400 people. It was a great night. And we had two gospel quartets and our own old Elkhorn Pickers Club played and sang. And let me tell you, for those of us that were here, 
They did an awesome job. What you may not know about this group is that they travel all over Kentucky singing and playing for people um, as a ministry. They played and sung in over 35 nursing homes and assisted living establishments. They played in churches and, and other uh, businesses or opportunities to play and sing. And recently, they were awarded the Wayne Smith Leading with Kindness Award given to individuals or groups or businesses that are especially good to senior adults around Kentucky, making a difference in their lives. And so I'm so proud, and I think we need to congratulate the old Elkhorn Pickers for letting their light shine, sharing the message of Christ and hope. Thank you, guys. guys don't get paid anything. They do it because they love the Lord and they love people. And the other night, this benefit was to help God's Appalachian Partnership, the gap that we support in eastern Kentucky. There was a free will offering given and, and through their efforts, $4,700 was raised to help go help those folks in eastern Kentucky. Thank you guys. Ironically, they said at the end of their time of the concert that the way they've been closing their concerts has kind of become a crowd favorite and they kind of expect it. And as the instruments began to play, Jeff Brewer asked, do you all recognize this song? And it was the song that this scripture was, this song was written, I'm sure, based on this scripture let your light shine before people so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. But anyway, they began to sing this little light of mine. And as they began to sing this little light of mine, everybody got out their flashlights and they began to hold it up. So I'm going to invite you to join with me in singing. And if you've got a flashlight, or this is what we always did when I was little, let this be your little light, and let's let our light shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Hide it under a bush. Oh, no. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bush, oh no, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bush, oh no, 
I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it let it shine till Jesus comes, let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm gonna let it watch the stand, let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Amen, amen. Let's pray together. God, I pray today that if we don't remember anything about this service, we would remember that you're the light and we are called to be the light and that we would let our light shine wherever we go, work, school, at the gym, on the field, in our neighborhood, among our friends, that we would never be ashamed of the gospel and we would never be ashamed to let our light shine that we would lead our peers by example, we would lead our families by example, that we would take a stand against the enemy and we would show a watching world whose team we're on. We're on the winning team, the victorious team, the one that brings salvation and hope and eternal life. Father, I pray if there are people here who never accepted the light into your, their lives, May this be the day of salvation that someone would ask for your forgiveness, invite you to come into their hearts. May Christians who started wandering in darkness come back to the light. And Father, that we would get our lives back on track and start living for you who is willing to die for us. You paid the price so that we could have everlasting life. Our Lord, I pray that people that are looking for a church home, a family. This church is a lighthouse on this hill, drawing people to Jesus. Oh God, may this be the day that you bring people that would not be embarrassed or ashamed to take a stand for Jesus. For it is in his strong and precious name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to come as we sing this beautiful hymn of faith. Jesus, baby. 
I'm just so excited about these who have come today to be a part not only of this family of faith, but the family of God. And I'm so excited. And, and they're all family. They're all a part of the same family. But I want to begin by sharing with you that it's been several weeks ago now that Caden uh, Turner, uh, a young man that's a college student over at Georgetown College, and and I shared with him, you know, how far back I go with his family. And uh, I was so grateful that one Sunday after the service, Caden asked me what he needed to do to be a member of this church and, and to, to be a part of what God was doing. So the first step is you've got to give your life to Jesus Christ. I said, have you done that? I said, no. I said, would you want to do it right now? And right back in that foyer, Caden prayed to receive Christ as his Lord and Savior. And I'm so grateful, Caden, come up here beside me, that today Caden has come and making his public profession of faith. And Caden, we're so proud of you, man. This is Friday, the 412, uh, which is our college age ministry and young adult ages 18 to 29. I had a had a time of fellowship at John and Devin Baker's house. Caden brought a slew of his fraternity brothers over on a Friday night to fellowship with some other Christians. Caden, we were so proud of you, and I'm so, I know the angels are rejoicing in heaven, and they're so proud of you 
I know you want to pledge your love and prayers and support to Caden, but letting it be known by saying amen. Proud of you, man. And I'm so grateful today for Justin and Ashley Bowler, their daughter Avery Bowler, her boyfriend Zach Ballard, and then also uh, Debbie Smither, which is uh, Caden's grandmother and Ashley's mom. Y'all come up here. They come today to be a part of this family of faith too. So we welcome. So. So grateful today that they're making it official to be a part of this family of faith. And like I said, I've known this family for many years and so grateful today that today is the day they join uh, becoming a part of this family. And again, we welcome you all. I know God has led you here. We welcome you. I know, again, you want to pledge your love and prayers by letting it be known by saying amen. Amen and applause. We welcome you. Well, you all can be seated. After the service, would you all join me out in the foyer so people can just come by and give you a welcome? And if there are others of you that would like to speak with one of our staff or me about a decision, it'd be our privilege to meet with you, pray with you about your decision. But a couple quick announcements. Don't forget, tonight is a deacon ordination installation service. We're only ordaining one but we're installing nine new deacons, so it'll be a beautiful service. I invite you to come to support these uh, newly elected deacons and this one, Justin Howard, who's being ordained. And then don't forget, next Sunday night, can't believe it, Operation Christmas Child, packing the shoeboxes is already here. If you still would like to purchase some items to go in the shoeboxes, there's a list that you can look up on our website online. There might be one at the welcome desk. There are Rubbermaid containers in the foyer downstairs, or you can bring them next Sunday night. It's usually a great family event for the whole family as we pack shoeboxes to send to children who otherwise wouldn't have Christmas in third world countries. So thank you, church, for being here today. I'm gonna invite you to stand at this time. Sean is going to lead us in a closing song, then our deacon chairman, Scott Shannon, will come to close us in prayer. All right, let's sing it together. Come on. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me. for the time that we've spent together in worship and fellowship. Father, we are thankful for the many blessings you've given us and all that you provide. Father, we ask now that you watch over us and guide this entire congregation, Lord, as we leave this place. 
Father, we are thankful for the decisions that were made this morning. God, we ask that we, when we go out into the community and into the world, that others would see the light of Jesus shine through us. Lord, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.